Well, I hope you're ready. If it is your first time, second time, third time, you're going to love this next little while. We're normally done on a Sunday night by about 7.30. We'd probably go a little bit longer tonight, just, just so you're, you're aware of that. Uh, just open up your heart. Just, if this is all unusual, but you can feel something going on, that's God. There's something in your heart. It's just, I find people come and for no reason start to cry. What is that? That's because when God pours His love in, pain comes out. That's how it works. He pours His love in, pain comes out. Cedric Powerhouse, for the last time this weekend, I want you to put your hands together and welcome mighty man of God, mighty man of faith, mighty man of zeal, Pastor Trent Membry. Thanks, man. Thank you for your words. Woo! Praise God. Am I on? Am I on? I preach so loud I don't even need a microphone. And now my voice is stuffed. <laughs> wow. So good. Pastor John and Danielle, thank you so much. Brought me to tears there just before. Don't ever do that again. Still got knives at home. <laughs> We're like wearing the same outfit too, which is awesome. Great minds think alike. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you so much for uh, being so generous. And as I've said to all through this conference, I felt like the Lord said to, to, my, to my wife and I that we're coming here to receive. Man, I'm Whangarei, you know, watch out next week. <laughs> I'm already missing the church. You guys get ready. I'm coming back with fire, refreshed and charged. And so thank you so much for having me. Thank you for your generosity, your love, uh, your world-class leaders. Uh, just thank you for what you do for Pastor Phil and Pastor Chris. They can't be who they are without people like you. And so you guys are amazing. Let's honor these amazing people, shall we? Amazing. Uh, so Pastor John said we're going to go a little bit long tonight, so we're going to go to 11.30. <laughs> oh, sorry, 10.30. Hungry for God? Yeah. He's awesome. He's hungry for you. Yeah. He's, you know, we always think we're pursuing God. He's pursuing us. Just look at the woman, the, the, the woman at the well, Samaritan woman. He pursued her, you know. Pursued me too. It's amazing. If you're new here today, it's your first time here, this is crazy, eh? Like, what's going on? Are they all on acid or something or... <laughs> Smoking weed? No, they're not. They just love a God who loves them. They've found their purpose and destiny. They've found out why who they really are, why they're really here, and so have I. And so, you know, don't worry about all that stuff. I mean, I thought it was crazy when I came here. I sat like this for six months, and but um, you know, God is here and He's awesome and He loves you. And you don't have to do anything here today to uh, be accepted by Him. He accepts you as you are. At the end of the meeting, I'm going to pray for you. God's going to come into your heart, and He loves you. And this is your moment, and He's thought about this for thousands of years. Uh, so let's just pray before we start. Lord, I just pray, even hearts right now would begin to open. I pray in Jesus' name that every person that does not know you in this meeting will leave knowing you. 
We declare that right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that you are for us, that you're with us. And we just give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give him some praise. He's awesome. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Awesome. You guys can be seated. And um, as Pastor John said, um, we just gave birth to our um, beautiful little boy. And, you know, some of you might have been like, oh, it's probably not wise to come. Um, I've, I've honestly, like, canceled, well, like, stopped a lot of my itinerant ministry over the last year and a half. I haven't been preaching that much at all. So it's not like, um, you know, we, we just did it for any other reason. No, God, God spoke to us to come. And, you know, I love what John, Pastor John said around that. They just get bunkered down. And actually, in the first two days when we baby came, we were just bunkered down. We were focused on just the enormity of what had happened and the emotion. And, you know, and sometimes, not saying the enemy did, but sometimes the enemy can distract you. He's the master of distraction. And so we just realized in the oppo- right there and then, actually, this is an opportunity. We are now around doctors and nurses and we're around other mothers and fathers in this hospital where their babies are, uh, you know, not doing too well. And so I just started wreaking havoc for the kingdom of God inside the hospital, which was awesome. Led about seven people to the Lord, talking to the doctors about Jesus. I think one of the mothers from the IC unit came to our church today. And don't let any situation or circumstances stop you, uh, no matter what you're going through, even if you're in your last breath. Proclaim the gospel in Jesus' name. God is good. He's amazing. Hey, I'm going to share my story here tonight. I'm going to have opportunity for people to get their lives right with God and to accept them, uh, maybe accept them for their, for, for their very first time. And then I'm just going to, I'm really going to pray for some people. Uh, cancer is going to be bound today. Uh, people are going to you know, just find their calling God and hear from God and these people here today that you're desperate for a touch of heaven and I believe God is going to give that to you um, but I'm going to just share my story and understand that you don't need to go through what I went through to have a relationship with God and some of you may have gone through a bit of stuff some of you are here today and you may relate to me well it's not a coincidence that you're here God's brought you here for this very moment and the most important part of the end of this meeting will be that moment when I give you that invitation so open up your heart um, my story started when I was around eight years old and I found my father beating my mother up. My father was an alcoholic and a workaholic and he was a lost man. And, and so my mum took myself and my four older, three older siblings out of that environment and so she should have. And my mum then had to work two jobs to, um, you know, look after us kids. And because now my father wasn't there and then my mother wasn't there, we just got into a whole lot of mischief. Uh, we, my older siblings started taking drugs at an early age, and so because they were, I did. So the age of 13, 14, started smoking marijuana and all that. By the age of 16, 17, started taking harder drugs. Uh, the age of 19, I became a bartender in Auckland's nightclub scene on K Road. I was running bars and nightclubs, but in that scene, there's a lot of, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and, and I got pretty much into that straight away. Then I got a... Um, introduced to a senior member of one of New Zealand's most uh, notorious motorcycle clubs and him and I just hit it off. As we all know, we see in media, these guys run the drug world and so I saw really quickly with the money that was you know, made uh, in, in manufacturing methamphetamine, you guys call it ice, uh, and, and so I started getting involved with these guys pretty quickly and then obviously my habit um, I developed a pretty strong habit to methamphetamine. For the next seven years of my life, I've sort of developed a $250 to $500 drug habit a day. 
And you may say, well, how the heck did I afford that? Well, um, I got involved with manufacturing methamphetamine and, and so I was earning up to around $100,000 a week most times. Um, and so obviously that fueled my habit at the same time. Um, you know, obviously I'd, I sold my life. I'd now found this new family, this new brotherhood. I'd, I'd, I'd let go of my old family and, and my old friends. The only time I would go back and see them was, was to sell them drugs. Um, I got my whole family addicted to methamphetamine, all my brothers and my sisters, um, all my older siblings. Um, and, and, you know, I watched my older sister in one year lose her home, lose her marriage and lose her business. Um, through the grace of God, uh, my, my sister is now saved. She has now got everything that she lost back, her kids, her home. Uh, and I've led all, all of my family except one sister to the Lord, which is really amazing. We've seen 83 people come to the Lord, or 87 or something come to the Lord, which is just amazing. But in this, in this, in this scene, uh, this drug scene, obviously my drug addiction got really, really bad. Uh, and, and then there was, just, there was just a point in this, and I just, I just had a moment where I was really sitting around the round table with probably the most powerful men in New Zealand, uh, and then there was another um, a meeting that took place where I saw firsthand that this whole brotherhood that these drug gangs, these gangs, these motorcycle clubs um, portray is actually a load of rubbish. They're all out for each other. Money rules this world and money definitely rules, rules that world. And so I, I saw it firsthand for you know what it really was. And so for some reason, I just had this light bulb moment where I was like, I'm out of here. And I just detached from them I removed myself from them, and because I, you know, had no more friends and family of the old days, and 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 you know, was living in a bit of shame and guilt with with what had happened with them. I mean, in my last year of using was a very lonely, lonely place, and because I had laid down my life for this club, and I, I, you know, for the for that for that world and and all that stuff, and, and I literally just saw, okay. I've, I can't go back to that world. I can't go back to that world. I've destroyed both of these things. I'm just, and in my last year of using, I became an absolute monster. You know, beforehand I was called, they called me the director. You know, when you do a drug deal, it was called a, it was called a movie. And I was the director, I always made it happen. But so I was always the guy behind the scenes, behind the shadows. But in this last year, I didn't give a stuff. I mean, I didn't give a stuff around what I did to people or what was, what, what, you know, if anyone saw me or whatever. And, and so, uh, in this time, I was, you know, ripping people off and people were ripping me off and, and all the money that I had left was just all going down the gurgler and, and, and I just I became a really angry man and I've done some really horrible things to people. There are people that are scarred physically for life because of me. They're emotionally scarred. There are marriages no longer together because of me. There are families destroyed because of me. There are people that have served jail time because of me. And through the grace of God, I've been able to go make amends to some of these people. But some of these people, I'm just trusting God in that moment. But in my last year of using, as I said, I became an absolute monster. I mean, I did some horrible things. I mean, there was one guy that I, I, I he was like public enemy number one. He was saying some really bad stuff about me, stuff that even you would get really, really annoyed about. And I got really annoyed about it. And I was paying people to hunt this guy down. If I found this guy, it was over for him. My older sister, actually, when we were still in drug addiction, she saw him one day, blue Sabari, orange sticker. She told me he was at this, this tire shop in, in, in Auckland City. And so I went down broad daylight, three or four o'clock in the afternoon. And I drove down there and I got out of the car and I jumped out of the car and I yelled out to him, yo, bro. And he turned around, he went absolute white because he knew, he knew I'd been hunting him down. 
And so I said, come here, scumbag. And if it wasn't for my sister sitting in the car, because I didn't carry guns like a lot of the gang guys, I used to carry knives, I really like knives, I still have knives, don't hold that against me. And I pulled out this beautiful six inch blade that I had and I held this to this guy's throat in broad daylight and the people that were standing around started running away, calling the cops and, and I just stood there and if it wasn't for my older sister in the car, I would have shanked that guy right there and there. But I took all his belongings off him, took all his cars and everything that he had in this tire shop. I mean, that's where my life had got. I just didn't give a stuff anymore. I didn't care if jail, I didn't care what was gonna happen. I was just hell-bent on destroying people and taking as many people down with me. The only glimpse of hope that I had in my drug addiction is when I met this beautiful girl. I mean, my wife, I mean, some of you brothers here, you got some beautiful woman. You wait till you see my baby. I met this beautiful girl, Jade. You think my story's crazy. You wait till you hear Jade's story. Jade was doing a $200,000 drug deal when I met her. I mean, she was doing better than me. And Jade and I fell in love and real quickly and Within three months, Jade got pregnant with a baby, our oldest daughter, Kayla. And, and in that moment, it was like, here's my moment of freedom. I've now got something to live for. I'm gonna be a dad. I'm gonna be a dad. And so I swore black and blue to every single person that I knew. There wasn't many people in that world by that stage, but I swore black and blue to everyone. When my baby's here, I'm good. And so I tried to do whatever I could to set everything up, use the money I can to, to make more money. And I just, it was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. People ripping me off, people just hunting me down. I was hunting. It was just absolute chaos. I mean, let me tell you how powerful this disease of addiction is, how powerful methamphetamine is. I mean, they say the drug is so powerful today that you don't even need the, the, the disease of addiction to be addicted by it. That's how strong and powerful it is. But let me tell you how powerful it is. I held my baby in my arms for the very first time, fright off my face. I mean, who was I, who was I kidding? I couldn't even go to the 7-Eleven store without being on something, let alone now holding a baby, now becoming a father. And I just had this weight and pressure this overwhelming thing that I, was, I couldn't be a dad, I couldn't be a partner, I couldn't provide for my family. We were now in the grips of poverty. And then one day, I come home from a five-day bender that was the normal life of a meth, meth addict. And I slept for two days and then I went back out to, to get some milk to the, to the, at the 7-Eleven store for Jade. And as I went, I came out of the 7-Eleven store there was a friend of mine, he pulled up with a car. He said, what's up, bro? I said, what's up, bro? He goes, hey, you want to quick come for a quick pipe? I said, oh, bro, I just got to drop the milk home. He goes, bro, we'll just have a quick one. I was like, drop the milk to the pipe. You know, me, greedy little drug addict, I went for a quick pipe. That pipe lasted for another five days. On the last day of that, of that five days, um, I w walked into a hotel room. When I walked into that hotel room, a friend of mine grabbed me and took me into the bathroom. And he said, bro, when you walked in, did you see that girl on the couch? I said, yeah, I do, I know her. And he goes, she just ripped off a gang member, you know, $30,000. I went, that's a bad day for her. So I went out of the bathroom, took, sit, looked out to her and said, hey, come here. Took her into the bathroom. I said, you need to get that money back to this guy real quickly. She goes, bro, he's never gonna find me. I said, he will spend $300,000 looking for you. He'll have half the underworld looking for you. He doesn't care about the money. You've just brought shame to his name. Oh, he's never gonna find me, he's never gonna find me. By this stage, I'd been awake for five days. I thought maybe it was a good time to take the milk home. And so I was about to leave and she was on the phone. She was getting texts from her accomplice. Yes, it wasn't just her that ripped off this guy. There was this, this, this gang, gang guy, was, she had a guy with him. And he was texting her saying, I'm at this other motel. Why don't you come there? And she, he'd bought drugs and bought all the stuff. That's what the Texas was saying. 
She said, oh, can you drop me to this motel? It's on your way home. I said, yeah, sure. So we got to the motel. She said, hey, do you wanna come in for a quick pipe before you go? I was like, oh, I've gotta get home. I'm gonna drop the milk off. She's like, just a quick pipe. I was like, milk, pipe, being a greedy little drug addict, you all know what I did. Went inside for a quick little pipe. And I remember it so clearly. She was walking in front of me and we walked up to the motel door and she banged on the door and the door flung open. And I remember thinking, man, that's really weird. There was no one standing there when the door flung open, but she just walked in. And when she walked in, I just saw this massive arm grab her and pull her hair behind the door. And then I remember going, whoa, what's going on? And I came up and I got around the door and I had this cold piece of steel just go boof on my head. And I don't know if you've ever had a double barrel shotgun stuck to your head, but it's a real frightening moment. And I came around the door with this gun to my head and I looked on the floor. There was her accomplice, naked, black and blue. On the bed was her, the gang member they had ripped off. On the other bed, an accomplice and the other accomplice holding the gun to my head. You see, it wasn't him texting her, it was, it was the gang. They'd set him up. And because I walked in with her, they thought I was involved with ripping them off. And it didn't matter what I said, no matter what I said, I'd had no money to buy my way out of the situation. I couldn't call upon anyone. I was no longer really affiliated with the gang. So in that moment, I was stuffed. And they kidnapped us there for a day and a half, maybe two days. And they beat me to an absolute pulp. They beat her to an absolute pulp. They did some horrible stuff to her. They stripped me naked. They didn't sexually abuse me. They tried to break me of my manhood, stripped me. And guess what they did? They broke me, man. I was a scared little boy in that moment. And because I'd been awake for five days, on meth, but now they had kidnapped me and beating us up for two days without meth, without food and without water. So my whole body was shutting down. I was blacking in and out of consciousness. I remember coming to, waking up, shotgun bang on my head, getting beaten up. And I remember coming to one moment, it was just, this, it was just peaceful, just this quiet moment. And I just thought, man, maybe I could sneak out the bathroom window. And I just said to them, I'm gonna go to the toilet. And they said, yeah. And I went to shut the door, but they knew what I was up to and kept the door half, half open. And I remember walking into this bathroom, just thinking, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die. And I remember this medicine cabinet, this cabinet on the wall, and I shut the, the cabinet, there was this little mirror. And I remember looking in the mirror had these Humpty Dumpties all over my face. And all I could, man, I always pray like, Lord, can I not cry when I share my story? Just try to it over there. All I could think about is that I'd never see my little daughter again. And no one's ever preached the gospel to me. No one's ever told me about the love of the Father. No one's ever told me how radical Jesus is. But for some reason, I looked into that mirror and I screamed, not audibly, but I screamed in my spirit. And I said these words, I said, God, if you're real, please help me. I don't want to, I want to see my baby. Please help me. I said these words, I promise you, I said these words. I said, God, if you're real, please help me. If you help me, I promise you, I promise you I'll help you. And I actually don't remember anything after that. I don't know if I blacked out, I don't know. The next thing I remember, I was in a car and all of a sudden this gang guy that I used to know, another gang member that I used to hang out with, he's in the car driving. 
driving me out of this. Somehow I got out of this kidnapping and he's driving me home, telling me, dude, what the heck is up with you, bro? You look like rubbish. What the heck? You sit under a table. I said, bro, please just drop me home. Please just drop me home. I got home. Jade had left. Jade had packed the house up in that, in that five days when I went to go get the milk from the 7-Eleven store. Jade had actually packed the house up. What happened is Jade, when I left and I didn't come home, Jade was standing with our baby. And you see, my wife grew up in church. Actually, my wife, when she went to youth, she went to a youth called Primal Youth, which is in a church called C3 Church. And she was standing over our baby and she, she just thought to herself, there's no way that I want my baby growing up in this environment. And my wife hadn't prayed for, for a very long time. And she prayed in that moment and she said, God, I need to know right now. I need to know if I'm meant to be with this man. Please, I need to know. And my wife has only heard the audible voice of God one time. And the audible voice of God, audible voice of God said to her, you will marry a man from Christian City Church, which is now called C3 Church. And so she thought of me and went, it's completely over you, over for you, sunshine. There's no way that, no way that guy's getting anywhere close to a church. And so when I came home, Jade had actually packed the house up and gone. I mean, talk about a bro's rock bottom. I've been kidnapped, kind of come home for some cuddles. But she's gone. And Jade came home a day and a half later to pick up the last of the boxes and found me in the fetal position in the corner of the room. She said, what the heck has happened to you? Look at you. I said, I need some help. Man. I detoxed in her parents' her parents' bedroom, her parents' 13-year-old sister's bedroom. That was a crazy moment. Purple, pink room, waking up, detoxing, waking up with fairies and Barbies everywhere. Freaky. Jade's mum standing at the door with some soup and bread. Just, would you like something to eat? Who the heck are you? Made into a drug rehabilitation program for the next six months. While I was at rehab, Jade started going back to, started going to church. When I got out of rehab, Jade was trying, to sit, was trying to get me to come along to church. I said, babe, church is good for you. Looks like you're doing really well, but I don't want to go to church. Church is pews, old people, hymns, religion. By the way, if you're new here today, this church isn't into religion. It's all about you fighting a relationship with God. That's what it's all about. That's why I'm here. And so Jade started going to church and she's trying to convince me to go. And then one day her and her mum were like, how are we gonna do it? She goes, oh, Ross, our cousin, your cousin, Jade, he's speaking at the Salvation Army Church at the rehab church. See, Jade's cousin was a youth pastor. And he was speaking at the rehab church. He was like, well, maybe you could just tell Trent that some of the guys that he did recovery with and that he knows in the 12-step in the, in the fellowship, he can go and hang out with them. So they're like, oh, do you wanna to come to church here, my cousin? I was like, babe, I don't wanna go. She's like, it's at the recovery church. Some of the boys started naming them. I was like, oh, I'll go catch up with some of the bros. So we go there. I don't remember anything, anything to do with the church service. I don't even remember if I sat in the service, actually. But supposedly, at the end of the meeting, Jade's cousin got up and promoted a thing called the Alpha Course. It's all the big questions in God. And Jay was like, that's what I'm gonna get Trent to. So she comes up to the end of the meeting. Babe, babe, did you hear about that course that Ross talked about? I said, what course did Ross talk about? She said, the one at the end of the meeting. I said, no. She goes, were you listening? I said, I wasn't listening. And she goes, babe, can we do this course? It's the big question. I said, babe, honestly, please, this is, this is good for you. I'm not into this. Give me a wave if you're married. Husbands, give me a wave if you know your wives are really wise. Should all be waving right now. 
This is what my wife said to me. She said, in three days' time, it's my birthday. You've just got out of rehab, so you have no money. For my birthday, you're gonna do the Alpha course. Yeah. You know what my response was? I can't wait to do the Alpha course. And we went to this Alpha course. Jade's cousin, youth pastor, drove an hour across town every Wednesday night for six weeks, picked us up. Every night, 30 odd, 40 odd people in the Salvation Army, Recovery Church, on tables. There's people talking about the big questions of God. Jade's there diligently taking notes. I'm sitting there nodding off with some of the other alcoholic recovering addicts and sleeping away. I wasn't into it at all. Then on the last week of the Alpha Course, they talk about a thing called a person named the Holy Spirit. He's awesome. I didn't know he was awesome at this stage, but I'm sitting there and Jade's cousin is talking about the Holy Spirit. Jade's taking notes, everyone's there, a few of the brothers, including me, this is boring, what the heck? Then all of a sudden, Jade's cousin is talking like I am to you. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And so when the day of Pentecost happened, and then all of a sudden he's talking, but all of a sudden I can't hear anything. So it's like this. I was like, What's going on? And I noticed that no one else could, no one else was seeing what was going on. And then all of a sudden, while I'm sitting at this chair, I had this presence come behind me. And from the back of my feet, I got this burning sensation all over my body. The back of my hairs on my neck just stood up and I just, I started just feeling like someone had lit me on fire. I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And all of a sudden I heard this voice. It, was not aud- it wasn't an audible voice. It was just like this impression, this voice. And I just heard it. And it said these words, son, do you remember what you said to me? You said to me, if I would help you, you would help me. I am he. Oh, I'm looking around. What the heck? Jesus. You're right? No! All of a sudden, Ross's voice comes back and he's like, So that's the Holy Spirit. I was like, What the heck? What the heck is this thing, man? Oh my gosh! Maybe it's the, the God they were talking about in this last five weeks. It's the guy that's it's the one that helped me. And then Ross just randomly says, Hey, does anyone want to get up and share about their experience of the Alpha Course after the last six weeks? I just stood up, hey, hey, my name's Trent. Seven months ago, I got kidnapped by gang members and I got out to a guy that I did not know. And I, I'm pretty sure there were some F-bombs and stuff going on, but that's all right. I got out to a guy I did not know. And I said to him, if he helped me, I promise I'll help him. He just told me he was there. It's him, the dude Jesus, it's him. Jade's cousin Ross is just standing there weeping because for a whole year he'd been praying for his cousin Jade and her dropkick of a drug addict boyfriend, believing that God would touch them. And don't you stop praying for your friends and family. It could be tomorrow, it could be tonight, it could be 10 years, but we need to keep praying. I'm a product of prayer. I got baptized three days later and I ran into a church two weeks later, could C3 church. By the way, Jay did marry a man from C3 church. We actually got married inside C3 church by a man named Dean Rush who got my name wrong. 
You watching, Pastor? I forgive you. <laughs> Love you. But it's so awesome, Amy. There's a statistic going around that in your first two years of knowing Jesus, that'll be the most on fire you'll ever be for him. That's a lie, man. I mean, I've been going 13 years. I'm just getting started, baby. I mean, I'm, as John said, I'm going from strength to mantle to season with my God, because he's radical. I've seen dead people come back to life. I've seen cancer healed. I've seen 80-something friends and family come to the Lord. Let me just share you one quick story before I give you this invitation. How awesome God is, how inconvenient God is, how crazy God is. So I became a pastor about five or so years later at a Monaco campus in South Auckland. And we'd been there for about a year and a half, really fresh. And one day we're in our house and Jade got a phone call from her best friend, Mia. We've been praying for Mia. This is Jade's best friend. Jade's best friend was caught up in meth addicted to meth, and I could hear the phone conversations like, hey, hey, me, it's gonna be all right. No, we're here for you. Yeah, we're doing really well, we're clean, and yep, hey, cool, come to church this weekend. I was like, I was like in the other room going, awesome, Mia's, Mia's reached out, come to church. And you know, Jay gets off the phone and she runs out. She goes, babe, I was just talking to Mia, she's reached out. She wants help, and I was like, babe, that's so cool. We've been praying for her. Praise God. She's like, yeah. She's gonna come to church this weekend. I was like, fantastic. And she's like, yeah, she's gonna bring her boyfriend as well. I said, cool. She goes, yeah, she's gonna bring Dan. I was like, cool, Dan? She goes, no, Trent, Dan. Dan the man? She goes, no, Dan Gray. I know if you remember the story that I just shared about about the guy that I hunted down for three months and was public enemy number one, the guy had a knife to his throat in broad daylight. His name's Dan Gray. Husbands, give me a wave. You know that your wives are really wise. You know what I said? I said, babe, there's plenty other churches they can go to. Life Church is awesome. You know, if I look at them, they're sort of like a Baptist sort of a couple. You know, like, they should go to the Baptist church. <laughs> Honestly, Pastor, that's what I said. That's terrible. <laughs> and my wise wife, she said, is that what Jesus would do? <laughs> Honestly, Pastor Danielle, what the heck? I remember that day so clearly that Sunday when they walked in because I was preaching. Pastor John, Pastor Danielle, I don't know if you've ever preached a meeting knowing that someone in the meeting is someone that you nearly killed. It gets really interesting when you give an invitation for people to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior and the only person that lifts their hand is the person that you nearly killed. <laughs> I remember that day so clearly, he came down the altar. I said, Dan, in front of the whole church, I got on my knees. I looked at him, I said, I'm so sorry for what I did for you. Please forgive me. I was a bad person, but now God has transformed my life and what he did for me, he'll do for you. Because Dan and Mia, they're in the grips of addiction. And I stood up, prayed the prayer, turned around, said, church, this is Dan. I nearly killed him. <laughs> and all the visitors were like, did he just say he nearly killed him? Like, 
I said, oh, don't worry. Like I used to be a, a gang drug addict at a gang affiliated prison. Like, is this the right church? I didn't see the visitors walking out. I mean, a year and a half later, I don't know if they've got the photo. A year and a half later, I had the privilege of marrying Dan and Mia. <laughs> I'm now the godfather of their children. Hey, her name's Arabella. Hey, oh, good treat loves you. I nearly killed your dad, but I still love you. <laughs> Can't wait for that conversation. How did you guys meet? <laughs> Do you be okay next week if public enemy number one walks into this church? person that you despise the most, the person that hurt you the most, would you be okay if they came in and sat next to you next week? Because you know what? That's what Jesus would do. He lets anyone walk into these places. And you may be here today and you may be like, Trent, you don't understand my life. You don't know, understand what I've done. Well, hopefully, hopefully you know now I do. And let me understand. This is the, the most important part of this meeting. I get really real with you. I want you to know that Jesus loves you. You don't need to change anything to be accepted by Him. He accepts you as you are. And in just a moment, we're gonna say a prayer. And I want, I want you to say this prayer with me. I'll give you an invitation. You're gonna respond by lifting your hand. I just wanna tell you something. Some of you may be sitting here going, Trent, I'm a really good person though. I'm a really good person. I'm not a bad person like you. So like, I'm good. I'm pretty good. Let me tell you, I went through that Bible, that book that we all read and I studied and looked and nowhere in the Bible does it say because you're a good person that you will see the kingdom of God. It does not say that anywhere. It doesn't even say in the Bible because you go to church, because you attend church, that you will see the kingdom of God. It does not say that anywhere. In John 3, 3, it says this, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It must be pretty important when Jesus, God himself, says, I tell you the truth. I mean, the whole Bible's the truth, but he just wanna rams this sucker home. I tell you the truth. Nobody will see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How are you born again? You accept Jesus Christ into your heart. You say this prayer, and then you turn away from your old life and start walking into his new life. And it's actually an awesome life. It's not like what I perceived it to be like religious and squeaky clean and all of that stuff. No, it's the most beautiful and free relationship that you'll ever, ever, ever receive. It's incredible. It's the thing that I try to fill, everything in the world that I try to fill this void with. He's filled it for 13 years, I ain't going back. Because there's nothing that has fulfilled this void, this hole that I try to fill with everything in this world, like the bro Dan was saying before, you were born for this moment. I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And I wanna give you that opportunity, friend, brother, sister, what an awesome moment. Let me just tell you this, 13 years ago when I was kidnapped in that moment, black and blue, in my darkest desperate moment, when I called out to a God that I did not know, and he heard my cry. Do you know what I think went through God's mind in that moment? Man, I can't wait. In 13 years time from now, when Trent goes to Sunshine Coast, shares his story, 
And these people in this meeting give their heart to Jesus. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you've never given your heart to God, what an amazing moment. You'll never forget it. The dude that nearly killed a guy, the ex-gang affiliated drug dealer, crazy dude. This is the day I gave my heart to Jesus. And the Lord has thought about this moment for thousands of years. This is your beautiful moment. And if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus, what a beautiful day to do it. Secondly, if you're here today and you have given your heart to the Lord, but God is not number one, you have not made your encounter count that you had with Him some time ago. And God is not number one. The world is number one. You're not living for Him. You're not burning for Him. If you're here today and you wanna say, Trina, I wanna recommit my life to Him. I wanna make a fresh start with Him. God's not into second chances. He's into new beginnings. And there's people here that need a new beginning. And there's people here today that need to give your heart to Jesus. So there's two categories. One, you've never given your heart to the Lord. Two, you wanna make a fresh commitment. And there's one other category. If you're unsure of your salvation, you don't know that if you were to go home tonight on your way home and a truck crashed into you, do you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven? Because the only way you can is if you're born again. And if you wanna make that assurance in your heart, you can join in this moment as well. So right across this place on the count of three, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, make a fresh commitment, make your assurance that you're gonna go to heaven here tonight on the count of three, lift your hand. One. Two, three, hand, 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 hand. Nice and high, let me see it. Hand over there. Who else? Say, Trent, that's me. I see your hand. Who else? Yes, yes. Who else? Lift it nice and high. Come on. This is your moment. Hallelujah. I see your hand, darling, at the front. Who else? Yes, Sue, I see your hand. Who else is there? Sue, I see it at the back. Who else? Come on, this is your moment. Jesus is here. He loves you. Who are you? Say, Trent, that's me tonight. I don't know him, but I want to know him. Who else is there? I feel there's like a few more people. You're just wrestling with this moment. Maybe because you're sitting with someone and whatever. It's between you and God. It's just between you and God. If you're here today, if you've never, yes, I see your hand. Who else? If you've never done this here, this is your moment. You want to make an assurance that you're going to the right place. Yes, see your hand, madam, at the back. Who else? So treat that to me, lift your hand. Hallelujah. Praise God. You're awesome, Lord. Woo! You might be thinking like, why why is he so excited? Because the Bible says that the whole of heaven right now is partying, is rejoicing when one. And there's more than one. I love Pastor John and Danny, I've seen it's party time. It's party time every single week in this house. Get ex- never ever lose the joy of when people get, I'm into miracles, I'm into the prophetic, but this is the greatest miracle of them all. Can we all stand to our feet? All those people that lifted their hands. I may not have said this when I started this, but that's okay because I know that you made a real decision today. And if you can't stand up in here, how are you gonna stand up in there to represent your faith, to represent the moment that just took place? And if you're here today and you lifted your hand, I wanna pray for you. 
I want you to come on this altar. I'm gonna pray for you and we're gonna say this prayer. Whole church is gonna give you a clap as you come. All those people, come, 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 come on, come on, come on, come on. Sir, come, come, you look, come on. Hallelujah. Praise God. Keep coming, keep clapping. Hallelujah. Yes. 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 Hey, 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 hey. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to do something really brave. Sometimes we need some encouragement. I just want you to turn to the person next to you, both sides, and just ask them, hey, are you right with God? And listen to me, if they say no, if, really ask them, are you right with God? If they say no, just say to them, I'll come up with you. Go, ask them. If people said no, bring them up to the front. Come on, let's clap. Let's clap these people. Come on. Awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Yes, darling. Yes. Yes. Praise God. Awesome. All of you standing here, proud of you. Amazing. Amazing. We're going to say a prayer. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. God's with you. This whole church is with you. You don't have to do this on your own. You don't have to isolate yourself any longer. We're gonna say a prayer and I'm gonna pray for you as well. I'm gonna say a prayer for all of you guys. You're gonna say this with all your heart. It's a good day for you. I'm gonna say, say this prayer and you guys are gonna say it with all your heart. Just open up your hands like this. This is a sign of receiving. Say, God, I wanna receive. And so we're, we're gonna say this prayer. Whole church is gonna do it with you, but for you one standing on this altar, I want you to say this with all your heart. Repeat these words after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I give you my life. Today, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. Help me walk with you all the days of my life. I'm so grateful that my sins are forgiven, that the past will no longer dictate my future. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Now we're gonna praise our God and we're gonna celebrate with heaven. Hallelujah. Wow. Sixteen people giving their hearts to Jesus.
I'm pretty thankful that the Lord told me to come. It's a cool thing. I left, my baby was in hospital with all the tubes in his nose. My baby's at home now completely fine. Why don't you just lift your hands? Lift your hands, all you people here, lift your hands. Holy Spirit, just close your eyes, open your hearts. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. You're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. You're welcome, you're welcome right now. All those tormenting voices in Jesus' name, leave right now. I thank you, God. It's time to win. You're gonna begin to win in life. You're gonna win. People are gonna be overwhelmed with what they see because you've been through many things, much things. And people are gonna be overwhelmed that all of a sudden you've had this drastic transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you God right now for that deep burning, that deep sadness in her heart, God, will be replaced with joy. Holy Spirit, touch her right now in Jesus' name. Power of God, touch. When you walk into the room, atmospheres change. You carry the most beautiful sense of God's joy and peace. And everything gonna be fine for you, darling. Power of God, touch right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit right now, touch, touch, touch. Touch them, touch them. Hey guys, what we're gonna do just quickly, as I said, you don't have to do this journey on your own. There's some amazing people standing behind you that wanna help you, get you into a connect group, get you into that alpha course that I did. <laughs> Hopefully that burning sensation doesn't happen to you, but if it does, praise God, it's actually really cool. You're gonna go learn more about God and learn about the Holy Spirit. You're gonna go into this course called the Dream Team course. You guys are gonna be amazing. If I come back, I'll probably come back and see you. Some of you probably be leading and amazing. That's how cool God is. So guys, we're gonna give you a Bible. We're gonna help you. We're gonna pray for you a little bit longer and partner you with some amazing people. Who are they going with? They're going with these guys. So all of you guys turn around and you're all gonna go down the middle aisle. Church, can we give these guys all a great hand? Hallelujah. Just go that way. Go down that way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> Sir, come. <laughs> Comes up to me the other day, yesterday, and goes, Oh, you, you. Just stay there, it's fine. This is really hard, carpet softer. <laughs> comes up to me, check this out. I mean, what's your excuse? This dude comes up to me and goes, oh, I heard you prayed for people with cancer. I didn't come up to the front because I was out the back serving. Wow. <laughs> He's got cancer? Well, that's what the doctors say. 
but He's serving you so you can experience this amazing weekend. I honor you, sir. In Jesus' name, Jesus always wins. Father, I thank you right now. Father, I renounce and I break the words that have been spoken over him. Father, I say in the name of Jesus, cancer, I command you to leave. You are no longer welcome here. You must leave. You must leave. Jesus of Nazareth is King. And I command you to leave. And I thank you right now. Words of cancer, be bound and you be healed right now in the name of Jesus. Lay hands on the sick and they will recover in Jesus' name. The power of heaven right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let him be healed, Lord. Jesus' name. Okay. This lady on the end here with the white polar neck with the black jacket. Hello, would you come and stand up here, please? Francis, would you come here, please? Sir, with the white T-shirt. Sir, with the black hair, white T-shirt. Yeah, there's no one else with black hair and a white T-shirt. It's you, bro. Come stand here. Francis, Francis, are you here? Francis. Francis, if you're watching online, you should have been here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This girl here in the black jacket, blonde girl, yet stripey, come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Little guy in the black hoodie, come up the front here. Guys with the hat, the red hat, yep, that we were talking to. Yeah, the couple. No, there's no hat. There's no other person around you with a hat. That's you. Come. Thank you, Jesus. I could just do this all night. You guys are good? There is power in the name of Jesus. You know that? To break every chain. To break every single chain. You know that? Do you understand that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? If you've got chains wrapped around your spirit, wrapped around your situation, and they need unlocking, you've come to the right place. Sir, with the baby in your front, your wife, come. <laughs> oh, come, sir, come. There's no other person in here with a baby on the front of them. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm. Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Just looking. Jesus. I got a guy, a friend of mine that does this, but he does it for like half an hour. He just walks and <laughs> waits. He's like, I'm just waiting for the Lord to show me. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna be half an hour. Bro with the glasses, with the gray, with the hoodie. Yep, yep, come bro. Sir, with the black t-shirt next to the little boy with the white. Yep, you come. Please don't yell out anything about these people. I don't know anything about them. I don't know them. I know this couple. Hallelujah. Can we just testify right now? I don't, I'd never met you. Never met you. Never met you. Never met you. Never, oh, I've met you upstairs. Never met you. Don't know anything about you. 
great. That's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Lady in the white with the stripes in the back right-hand corner. It's really cool, this Ted Steedy now, Pastor John, Pastor Danielle, because everyone gets seen and no one misses out. Awesome. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you right now, right now in Jesus' name. Just, know, just put your hand on your stomach if that's all right. Yeah. Right now in Jesus' name. Immune system, go back to normal. Right now. Chemical imbalance right now that is in you right now. I just completely ask the Lord right now to restore everything that is not aligned. Everything back in alignment right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the call of God that is on their life. The call of God that is on their life. For me and my wife, we just serve the Lord. We seek first the kingdom and everything is un- and given to us after that. I don't seek anything. I don't ask for anything. I just serve the Lord. It may be different for some people and all of that, but I just serve the Lord and I trust them that whatever He gives me, He wants to give me. But the Lord has called you guys to ministry. You guys are gonna do amazing things. I see you just doing, you know, helping people that are going through big situations. But this is your season. God has spoken to you, I feel, over these coming days at this conference. And it's time to rise. It's time to sit with the leaders down here. Start small, start there. But God has got big plans for you. Father, I thank you for their child. God, I thank you right now that they will bear children. Father, in Jesus' name. So I thank you right now. Power, touch right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. What's your name, sweetheart? Abby. Abby. Awesome. You go to this church? Awesome. Really loves you, Abby. Abby, you are seen. You are seen. People know you. You don't think people know you. You don't think that people see you. People do. You're a gift. Every person that is in your world, you're a gift to them. Like, I wish you were my friend. Maybe we are friends now. That's awesome. I feel like you feel like you got dealt a bad hand in life. It's a few situations. Amen. That's okay. Because God's going to turn all this sorrow to joy. He loves you. He's got like this amazing affection for you. Something, something happened to you when you were around eight, or around eight or nine years old. Yeah, there it is right there. And the enemies try to use that moment to shape who you are. Get off her now. You're no longer welcome in Jesus' name. Anxiety, those negative thoughts, be bound. We're getting real here, church. Is that all right? Father, I thank you right now. Lord, I thank you. What happened to you, Abby, was not supposed to happen to you. But I thank you right now that you will Give back everything that the locusts have taken right now in Jesus' name. God, and she will be a worshiper. She will be someone that praises you. God, I thank you for this beautiful gift, Father, of singing. God, and I thank you. And the Lord says, in the quiet place, in your home, in your bedroom, sing to me. Sing to me, sing to me. When you sing, the whole of heaven illuminates. And I thank you, God, right right now for you, Abby. You are seen, you are seen, you are seen. Touch her, Lord. Touch her in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you right now. 
Great Holy Ghost, I thank you right now for the prayers that have been prayed for this young man. I thank you that you're a faithful God. I think it's like you got a praying grandma. you got someone that has prayed for you and prayed for her grandchildren. I can just see this old lady praying for you and praying for your family. That is amazing, man. That is amazing. She's like the most amazing woman. She's like an intercessor. She's incredible. Wow. you got to look after that lady. If you don't, I'm going to come back, maybe with a knife. No, 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 no. Oh, it's you. Yeah, there you go. She's the old lady. Amazing. Don't you stop praying. I think that's guaranteed. I see a baton being passed to you. I see a baton going from, from generation to generation to generation to generation. And what they have seen, it will be multiplied. What they've seen in God will be multiplied. You gotta prepare yourself now, boy. This is not games and we come here. I know it's cool, youth and fellowship and all of this stuff and hanging out with your mates, but this is real. The Word of God is real. Holy Spirit is real. All you gotta do is call out to Him in two minutes a day, three minutes a day, start there and watch him come into your world. In the next seven days, you're gonna have the most coincidence, they're gonna be like coincidences, like crazy things. And you're gonna sit with Nana, you're gonna tell Nana, and you're gonna like write these things down and they're gonna become an amazing like testimony or like a book. A very smart boy, you know that? Very clever. For the next seven days, these things will just be like little signs for you in the future of how much God is for you and how much he is with you. And that whatever you put your hand to, will succeed. Father, bless his children, bless his wife, and I thank you that this bat and this mantle will be passed from generation to generation. Let the power of heaven touch him, overwhelm him, and right now, power from high, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Power of heaven, touch him, fill him, right now, in Jesus' name. Hello. How you doing? Awesome. The Lord loves you so much. He loves you so much. And you have tasted and seen that the world is good. But also the world's trying to tear you down and break you. And you've seen things that most people should not have ever, should have never, ever, ever seen. And the Lord loves you so much. And he's brought you out of many situations. Even right now, God, even tonight, show how you are in all those situations. Right now, I thank you, God. It's like a breaking and unlocking of like feeling the presence of God, of just like, an, um, you know, engaging with emotion. Because there's just this numbness, this, this thing that's just trying to, it's like you've, you've, you've blocked it on purpose because you just don't even want to go there. You're about to receive freedom because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's freedom as well. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so I thank you right now in Jesus' name. I thank you for the blessing that is on her life. It's like you've got, been given an inheritance. You're very blessed. But God, I thank you right now for the testimony that will come out of this woman's life. I thank you, God, that everything that man has done to her, there are some people that you need to forgive. 
And you need to do that tonight. You need to forgive these people. The Lord says, how can I forgive you when you can, cannot forgive them? That's why He says we should work at our salvation daily. We should always do business with Him, do business with people every single day. Father, I thank you right now as she forgives these people freedom right now. Just begin to think of the people you need to forgive right now. In Jesus' name, I'm gonna come back to you. Just say, just say these names and say, Lord, I forgive these people and say these names, come back to you. Hello, sir. Do you know who Jesus is? Yeah. Yeah, do you love him? Yeah. Where are you from, man? Sunny Coast. Sunny Coast, okay, awesome. Just close your eyes right now. It's time to get off the fence, bro. It's time to get off the fence. You got one foot in, one foot out. You're a radical follower of God. That's what I can see, but that is not in play right now. Because the world is pulling you in all these places. And again, you've actually tasted and seen that the Lord is good, but you've also now tasted and seen how good the world is as well. But you know, you know that you know that the Lord is real and He is good. And it's time to get off the fence. There is an urgency for you right now, sir, to pick up your game, to pick up your gifts, to pick up this assignment that is on you. Father, I just thank you. What's your name, sir? Regan. 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 Awesome. Just lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now. Church, can you just pray right now? Help me pray. Father, I thank you right now. In Jesus' name, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray, God, I rebuke the enemy. I rebuke it right now. Every lie of the enemy. God, I thank you right now. Father, right now, touch him. Touch him. Just take it. There, take, touch. Power of heaven. Right now in Jesus' name. Father, right now. You okay? What's your name? Jeanette. 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 You go to this church? Yep. Awesome. You love the Lord? Yep. He really loves you. Yeah. Just close your eyes. Say these words. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I know you're real. Help me. Overcome these things that I need to overcome. You're the solution. You're the answer. Father, I thank you right now in Jesus' name that a heart right now is forgiven right now. Everything of the old will be made old. Everything of the past will be the past. Your past will no longer dictate your future. Father, I come against those words that she's spoken over herself as well. Vows right now, we break these vows. Let the power of God touch her in Jesus' name. Lift your hands, all these people here on this altar, lift your hands, lift your hands. Father, I thank you right now. It's time for you, darling, it's time for you to rise. Rise, hallelujah. Man, it's an amazing gift on your guys' life, an amazing call on your life. Amazing, amazing. A few situations right now that didn't go the way that you wanted, but that's okay. God's got everything under control. I know you've got a little baby, but don't let that stop you for stepping into your calling. You know that you've called. God has called you, He's prophesied over you, you know it. You've got nothing to fear, sir. It's going to be all okay. There's an amazing grace that is upon you. I thank you right now. Do you guys belong to this church? Right. Yeah. I feel like it's I feel like it was a step out, but I feel like you're stepping up. Father, I just thank you right now in Jesus' name for this amazing couple. Father, 
It's amazing preacher. It's amazing prophetess, God, that sees visions, dreams, dreams. Father, I thank you. It's time to wake up right now. Jesus' name, touch them, touch them, touch them, touch them, touch them. There's things in your life that you need to let go. You need to let go. Things are going to come into your world. I mean, there's going to be a radical, it's going to take off really quickly in this walk like me. But you need to be really determined and really disciplined to let go of some things and let go of people. They're going to try to pull you back. I see two people coming into your world trying to tell you what you're a part of is not right. It's all fake and all of this stuff. You need to be really, you really, uh, you know, disciplined in the fact that you need to talk to people when that happens to get that off your heart and speak those words off you. You got an amazing call upon your life. Amazing call. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Father, touch him. The power of God, touch him. Right now, in Jesus' name. Faithful man of God. Faithful man of God. I don't like it when they clap, because that means like they all know you. So I'm trying to not know anything about you. Man, God has been good to you, sir. He's been really good to you. He's been really good to you. A few situations that didn't really go, like that person didn't really go your way. That doesn't matter. Man. God really loves you praying to Him. A lot of your prayers have been answered. Man, He loves your children. You got children? You married? It's good. Yeah. Don't say anything. No. So one of your children, I know for sure, is called to the ministry, and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I feel like it's a daughter. Could be wrong, but I believe. I believe, and I could be wrong, it's a daughter, and I believe she's going to be called to the ministry, and I believe that she's going to be very successful, and I believe that, you know, not just in this church, but around the world. It's amazing. Uh, I believe it's like a creative gift, like the musical gift. I think that's like flows into your family. Uh, yeah. It is like crazy, like the gift that's on her life. It's amazing. Father, I thank you right now, sir. You're like an armor bearer. You're like a pillar of this house. And it's like, it's different when you're not here. So make sure you're here. It's like when people are like, there's something not right about this place. Oh, it's because you're not here. What's your name, sir? Great. Is that your son that was over there? Okay, is he the musician person I was talking about? Did I get it wrong? The witch? Oh, Summer. Oh, Summer. Power of God. Touch him right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> You guys can go. So, like, we got to get really clear on that video thing that's, that I saw, the vision, the YouTube thing. So, it's, it, I think it's in here, but people have got to see you how, you, how you worship lead, like your actions and the authority. It's like, when you do that, the, it's like, this, it's glowing. Like, I want to run up and just get in the glow. <laughs> get in the glow. 
dad just got wrecked. <laughs> Get him, Lord. Get him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Daniel, come here. Daniel. Daniel, come. Hallelujah. Lift your hands, Daniel. Is your wife here? Wife, come. Hallelujah. Madam in the black, standing there with the black ear, don't you stop praying for your family and the situations that are happening in your world. Don't you stop praying. feel like there's stuff that you've stopped praying for. You need to get your voice back. You need to continue to pray for your family. Because it's like, it's almost like relying on them. Amen. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Praise God. Lift your hands, you two. You're going you're gonna to get absolutely wrecked and done right now. Done. Like the day of Pentecost, God. I pray that the day where I felt that burning sensation, that fire. God, I thank you right now. I thank you that there'll be an example to many of how gracious and how amazing you are when you commit to the Lord. And I thank you, God. Much is going to be required from you. Much is going to be required from you. Hear me when I say this. Much is going to be required from you. Stuff that you don't think there's no way that we can do. But you need to understand, I see Jesus standing right behind you, smiling, cheering you on. I see him pulling down angels to come and stand with you. I thank you, God. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I thank you right now for the beautiful creative gift on your life, darling. But I pray, Holy Ghost, absolutely overwhelm them with your grace and love. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lift your hands. He's here. He's here. something right now, Pastor Trent. You can do whatever you yeah, like. I know, I know. Um, I, I just have a sense that there's some people here tonight and either tonight 
this weekend, the last few weeks, even the last couple of years, you've made a decision, you put your hand up at one point to follow Jesus, but the struggle, the fight to get free from your old life is really still raging. You're bang on. It's still raging. And chains, we're singing this song. Let's say... There's, there's chains that need to be here. broken. So, but, but so this is what I want you to do. So this is a moment of pure honesty. If you're like, yes, I want to, but I feel like I take two steps forward and three steps back. I feel like I'm not quite getting there. There's a wrestle going on for me and my destiny. Come and stand down the front right now. Just come down the front if that's you. Just be bold. Come quickly. Come quickly. Stand down here. here. You might be feeling like giving up, but just calm. Just calm. Stand across the front here. Come on, give these guys a hand for being courageous. There's a fight going on for you. And we're going to fight for you tonight as a church. We're going to fight for your future. We're going to fight for your destiny. Pastor Trent. Hallelujah. Okay, I I want us to, we're going to pray, but before we pray, I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Sure. Because you come out of crazy land that we all heard about. Yes. Incredible story of your life and the power of God. There must have been moments you wanted to go back, give up in your early days. What What did you do? Yeah, absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt, obviously the money was a big draw card, and, right. you know, and just obviously, guys, just because we get our hearts right with the Lord doesn't mean the devil doesn't stop, yeah. you know, and I've just learned that some of those things I just didn't give to God. I didn't trust him with my finances. I didn't trust him with my relationship. I didn't trust him with a whole lot of these things. And I literally had to come on the altar right. and give it to God right. and really give it to God. But at the same time, it's so important that the voices that you have in your life and your connection with your leader and your pastor, the moment, you know, it says, take hold of that of those thoughts captive. And I was talking about this weekend and speaking and letting it out and doing that and renewing your mind and get the laying of hands. Awesome. It's a huge thing. Was there any, were there people you had to just go, I can't hang around with those kind of people anymore? For the first 18 months in my walk, I didn't go to parties. I mean, guys, if, you're, if, if you've got drug addiction, if you've got problems of your past, you've got to do whatever it takes. Right. So in the first 18 months, I didn't go to parties with alcohol. Even friends, family, if they loved me, they would respect my decision. If they didn't, then they shouldn't be in my life. But I didn't put myself in those. Listen to me. I've seen methamphetamine once in 13 years. But I've got a choice every single day. Now I know back home I could, I could wake up and go and hang out with it in 10 minutes. We choose. We, we choose to put ourselves in our in, in environments. You have a choice every single day. So for you here right now, some of the things that you need to choose and make decisions about removing some stuff in your world. I mean, I go pretty hard. I don't listen to anything else but worship. Right. Because music has such an influence. Right. You know, I don't watch movies with horrors or anything like that with drugs in it because it triggers stuff. Right. I mean, people say, no, 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 I've just got to shut every, I've let a lot of doors open. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and we've got to make sure we do whatever it takes to keep those doors right. shut. So it's like ruthless with anything that's going to be tempting, anything that's going to, any connections that's going to draw, drag you back. Totally. Just don't go there. Don't go there. Especially Cut it off. Totally. Even right now, if there's stuff that you're brought here, but you know when you get in situations and it triggers that, you've got to change that up. Amazing.
Amazing. So this is for you guys. I'm going to, in a moment, we're going to close the service. People can go. We're going to worship. I'm going to get Pastor Trent to come and pray for you. So not like prophesy over you, just pray for you.